BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line. Friday morning, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side with you. A lot of good stuff coming up. Game number four in the NBA Finals between Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, plus a full preview of today's Major League Baseball board. Some exciting stuff starting to develop really around the Major League Baseball landscape, no doubt. But let's begin by talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Eastern Conference Finals were in action yesterday. A pivotal game, number five in Madison Square Garden. A Rangers team that had won eight consecutive in that building booked for the third time in this series as a home dog, cashed the first two tickets, not as fortunate in their third go-around as the Lightning, after being down 2-0, are up 3-2, and now find themselves as a minus 490 to win this series. Big number on the Rangers, certainly so. 16-1 to if you want to go to the Stanley Cup odds for the New York Rangers. This has to be a devastating feeling this morning for the fans and the backers of the New York Rangers. Yes, I mean, you're talking about losses, there, which two of them the Rangers have had in this series where you look like you were at least, worst-case scenario, heading to overtime with a chance to win, and you got those victories snatched right out of your hands late in regulation. No surprise last night, the Lightning 3-1 to overall. But this is the fun that you have. When you're looking at the betting markets, Kevin, I say to you right now, and I would say, okay, 2-2 series, right? Lightning win game five, take a 3-2 lead. They go back to Tampa Bay. Most mm-hmm. people would say it's over. Tampa's going to win probably on their home ice. If not, you know, it's hard to win two straight games against the Lightning. They'll eventually move on. But then you look at the odds and the way they're priced for the series. The Tampa Bay Lightning at a minus 490. Is anybody saying, okay, I'm going to lay $490 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win 100 Probably not. But you know what people do? I might throw $100 down here, a unit down on those New York Rangers at a four-to-one price. Because knowing if you can get a win in game six, it's money in your pocket. You can let it ride or you can hedge out and make some money. Because even though I do think the Lightning win the series, I'm really enticed, Kevin, at that four-to-one price here for the Rangers still to win this series. No doubt. Look, here's the deal. I I think if the Rangers are able to take game six, which is not going to be an easy task, you know, you should feel good about them going into game seven. They will be a dog in that spot. But listen, they've been dominant at home. Yeah, they let one slip. It's tough when you put yourself in a position that you need to go unbeaten at home in order to win a series. But you have dropped one. If you can grab a road game back here from Tampa Bay, again, they should feel good. And you talk about, right, uh, you know, price adjustments. Four to one would turn to no more 
than plus 115 when we talk about what a game number seven money line would yeah. look like. And again, you want to talk about big prices. 16 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, at, at what's the Colorado series price if the Rangers do advance? At most, at most, minus 300. And I don't even think it would be that high. I think it'd be closer to about a minus 250 range. 16 yeah. to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. The number does jump out, DRS. It does jump out. And again, that's why we talk about handicap because if you're saying right now, the chance of the Rangers getting to the Stanley Cup final slim and then being the avalanche after, you know, overcoming the Tampa Bay Lightning, probably even slimmer. But that's why those odds are placed out of Kevin. It's not like, hey, just pick the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup at a plus 100 price. These are big numbers. And again, we get back to that NCAA betting, Kevin, where you say to yourself, you don't necessarily have to pick the winner of the tournament. Just have them advance far enough where you can guarantee yourself a profit. Radio audiences entering the fold here as we are live on a Friday morning on Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side here. As we move over from the Stanley Cup playoffs, let's talk about the Live Golf Tour. Look, here's the deal. Right now, there is a Live Golf tournament going on. There is a PGA tournament going on. Which one of these is the main story in the golf world? We, we've talked about, you know, the comparisons, right? XFL, USFL. The XFL or USFL has, has never been the predominant storyline over the NFL when we talk about their recent iterations. Not, not even close, despite the NFL being out of season. The Live Golf Tour is the premier story. Their tournament's underway. And also the PGA does, to some degree, feed into it, Donnie. They suspend 17 golfers. They're kind of putting their flag in the ground saying, point of no return, but I don't think the Phil Mickelsons and Dustin Johnsons of the world are worried about it. I think they're ready to rock here, again, with the Live Golf Tour. Yes, and also like a renegade, you know, tour or team comes into play or even a league, right? If you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles, I love the Philadelphia Eagles. If they lost five players to the XFL, you know what I'd still love? The Philadelphia Eagles. But if I'm a golf, you know, I like to watch golf and sit down. Who's my favorite golfer? Phil Mickelson. He leads for the Live Golf Tour. I'm going to go with Phil Mickelson at this point. So there's a big discrepancy between leagues that actually try to start up because they're not trying to take your favorite team away. Your favorite team is always going to be in that league. But if your favorite golfer like Tiger Woods never appears again on the PGA Tour, you know what you're watching? The Live Golf Invitational from now on. That's where they have the advantage here, Kevin. It's true. Look, there was a lot of people watching that opening day. Uh, it was again. It was streamed across a couple of different platforms uh, on YouTube. You could see there were over a hundred thousand, pretty much all day long, for that opening round. We'll see how that continues. Uh, Phil and Dustin Johnson, I believe, were both inside the top ten after one day of action. The RBC Canadian Open is ongoing as well, but the main storyline, basically, coming out of that tournament, is the most preposterous seating setup in the history of sporting events or maybe really any events in the world, the sky seats, Donnie. Donnie, is it true that you're, yeah. that you're going to be trying to purchase a pair? I'm telling you right now, if there's guys watching behind the scenes with robes and coffee mugs want to put me and KW up a few hundred feet to do a show, eh, let's do it. Why not? Yeah, it's coming. Sooner than SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. kind of reset the state, if you will, of Major League Baseball. How are things lining up? Does it feel like the offenses are there? Yesterday, there were some huge games on the board. 17 runs in that Yankees game, 21, uh, 20 runs in the Dodgers game, 11 runs, you know, with a, a big performance. Honestly, uh, Steven Strasburg depends who you are. If you were betting on the Nats to win the game, he wasn't great. If you were betting on the strikeout prop over, the guy was an absolute marvel where are you at right now when you're looking at a daily baseball board close to team totals, not close? What What is the read right now on a daily basis? It, it, sometimes it depends. Like there's a full card. Yes, it wasn't a great day for team totals or betting from my perspective. Still ended up going two and one, which mm-hmm. I'll take every single time. You can be two and one every single day. You know, we're going to be living good here. But as I look at the card today, overall team total wise, it's not a great day. Even on Fridays, you're going to get the maximum amount of games because everybody plays Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes it just lines up. But also keep in mind, when I say that it's not that good of a card, it's still way better, Kevin, than what it was in April because I'm looking across the board, Mm -hmm. and it used to be, well, the pitchers and the lineups don't match up all that well. Well, how about the weather? Oh, look, 46 degrees and the wind blowing in. Rain in this forecast. Flurries over here. A game played in Miami. A game played in Seattle. Like, come on, man. You're not giving me enough. But at least now, where you have those borderline games, Kevin, I take a look and say to myself, well, how about this? 82 degrees with the wind blowing out. That might be able to push me over. But also, taking a look across the board at Major League Baseball, it does seem like, I don't know if the hitters are catching up, it's just the weather's getting better. We're behind the scenes. Major League Baseball said we're headed for disaster unless we juice up these baseballs a little bit more than they are. All three of those could be combined. But it does look better and better every day because it looks like those mm-hmm. hitting statistics are starting to come around where you can at least take one of those leap of faith by saying, I think tonight this team's going to hit as opposed to saying, I know they're not going to hit and I'm still going to bet it hoping they do. But, but tell me, so what is the the like? Is it today? It's just like a lot of good pitchers are going on the mound. What's the holdback point right now? Is it basically still a lot of these lineups can't shake how bad the beginning to this season was? Yes, and that's pretty much what it is. Because if you're looking at basically 60 days into the season, let's say, you're still trying to look at those overall because it's very hard to just crop it down to 30 days because then you're dealing with pitchers, Mm -hmm. Kevin, oh, I only had two starts and 6.2 innings. So you sort of have to meld that, okay, what did the pitcher do this season and then try to match it up with what the actual batters are doing over the past 30 days. Now, every time we see games that finish 
13 to 6 or 20 total runs in there or 19 hits in a game. I love that because even if I didn't bet that game, I know over the next two weeks, three weeks, a month, those numbers are going to start to show and say, wow, look at this. This team actually has six plus batters, seven plus batters. It's not just the, you know, Astros that we're trying to line up at this point. So every time we get those batters performing, I'm starting to look up like the Philadelphia Phillies. How many times have you seen me, Kevin, come on the show with a team that has bangers all up and down that lineup and bet the Phillies team total? It's very few and far between because even mm -hmm. though they're starting to do some damage, they had such a rough start where you're saying, I just can't bet these guys. But now you're looking at some of these teams staying hot and riding that wave over the past week to week and a half, as opposed to saying, well, the odds don't match up because the first three weeks, Bryce Harper was very slow at the plate. Now that's not the case right now. So you're starting to able put those numbers together and say, give me three weeks, give me two weeks, give me one week, and try to pair it up against the pitchers going off of 30 or 60 days. Yeah, I think we're we're still right, what, only one team total deep, and it is nearly mid-June. So it's it just kind of puts into perspective, I think, how awful the start to the season was. But again, mm -hmm. if things can keep on the current trajectory that they are, you think by July, like things will start to feel yes. normal around yes. baseball, right, Di? Is that is that do you have almost a target date? Of, of like a July no. one, or are you just going to kind of let it play out? There, there's not really a target because, you know, in the past, as, as uh, I like the question you're asking here, because in the past it was, okay, we start in May because the weather gets better and everybody gets out of their doldrums. And I don't know if it was a case of, you know, we started in a lockout, so a lot of guys were eating like pizza, chips, and drinking beer. And, oh, I got to get down the string training now and get the season started, along with terrible weather to start out and humidors in every stadium. So we're trying to get that feel of the new Major League Baseball. But if you see now, like yesterday, again, the day before, I took the Marlins at a four and a half. Like that might as well be nine and a half to start. Like four and a half for the Marlins. They're lucky to get four and a half hits in a game. They covered that fairly easy. Yesterday, the Cleveland Guardians, four and a half again. I took it. They scored eight runs in their game. So even those lower level teams now, they're starting to come around and you can bet those. But also, when you see the lines where it's like, oh, we get two and a half, three and a half. Now we're starting to see the four and a half and the Yankees getting those routine fives, which is what we're used to seeing. But if we look at the card mm -hmm. overall altogether today, there's XFIT minus numbers that I like. About half the pitchers on the card today with 20 or more innings, Kevin, they're below that 100 yard, I should say that 100 point marker, which goes to show you half of the pitchers today are actually very good. Half of them, so-so eh, at this point. There are a couple bad ones, but today looks like the pitchers might rule the day. We'll try to find some spots here. Yeah, that can always kind of just be the point of the rotation. I'll also just say right sure. now from, a, from my own standpoint here, the strikeout props have started to work. From doing all the, you know, content that I've now done alongside Donnie, right, the discipline, again, right, we're just talking about well, one team total deep in. Most people wouldn't be able to resist, and, and they would have, you know, uh, kind of started to climb that ladder. So I've tried at different points to add that discipline. It's hard. It's hard to do, but for whatever reason right now, I have it with these strikeout props. It, it's been almost, you know, nearly a month. I think I've had about... 24 that have lined up it's currently sits at 16 and 8 since i've been kind of you know mm -hmm. applying this new little strategy that i have right now which has been nice it, it, it's it's been working there the juice matters as always as i know it does to you when you're trying to bet those team totals so we're going to look to try and again kind of keep that momentum going but still on a daily basis we can always break these games down we have enough time to at least bring in one game we have plenty of time to break down the full baseball board don't worry about it uh brewers and nationals uh, milwaukee needs yeah. one here right this is though mm -hmm. spots like this always stand out to me because 
Who isn't going to look to trust Milwaukee, right? Bad Nationals baseball team. Brewers are due to bust out of a slump. Minus 180, you know, range, though, now, as this number's been climbing all morning long. Uh, and that run line, you're going on a minus number. Are you looking to back Milwaukee, though, here in Washington? I am looking to back Milwaukee in Washington, and maybe not on that line of Relayo, minus 180 or even a team total. But if we're taking a look, and this is what we talk about, you know, player recognition. Shane McClanahan down in Tampa, who is that? Never heard of the guy. Yeah, he might be the best pitcher in baseball this year. Well, watch out here for the Brewers, because you take a look on the card today. If we have 20, and I always like to use this, because you don't like the guys like, hey, he had a great start over four innings. They say, well, he's the best pitcher on the card. No, he can't do that. So as the season moves along, you sort of raise that bar. Right now, I'm losing the 20 pitches, or excuse me, 20 innings minimum. So if you haven't have 20 innings on the season, I'm not handicapping your game. But if we do that and take a look at the Brewers today, the number one pitcher on the card today for me, Aaron Ashby for the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. Get that here. A 71 XFIP minus, an ERA of around three, XFIP of 278, and a Sierra of 302. So the reason why I'm talking about, well, they probably should win the game. You don't maybe want to lay that juice. They're a great parlay piece today because we take a look at the left-hander on the mound, which Ashby is. Just told you the statistics. Now, if we line up and say, all right, the one side of the plate that gives them a little bit of trouble are lefties here. A 404 weighted on base percentage, but you're not going to get a lot of lefties in the lineup tonight. Quite frankly, it might only be Soto and Hernandez with the other seven batters from the right side, which he has absolutely dominated. And also, this is what you always like, right? We take a look at this lineup today for the Nationals. It's a disaster. Even though it does have mm -hmm. Bell in the lineup and Soto, you're talking about, you know, 163 ISO power number, which is the best on the team, where you want that 175 or higher to be above average. This team is a disaster at the plate for the Nationals. So a nice parlay piece to get back on track. The Milwaukee Brewers going up here against the Washington Nationals. Yeah, it certainly could make some sense there. The one thing I'll mention as well, those divisional odds that we've continued to track. Milwaukee was a minus 320 a little more than a week ago. Minus 220 now. And that's with St. Louis, by the way, really struggling to put results on the board in Tampa Bay. It's just that Milwaukee is struggling in their own right, a half game between those two teams in the NL Central. A lot of baseball for us to preview, plenty of games to break down, plenty of value on that board. That is next after a quick, quick break right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's make it happen here. Baseball preview continues. We started off the Red Hot Philadelphia Phillies are matched up with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Minus 140 range number here on Philly. 
Total is an eight and a half. People are going to be looking to back this group with Kyle Gibson on the mound. Is it a good spot to look for this Phillies team to make it eight consecutive wins? Yeah, you would think so, right? Ride the hot streaks in Major League Baseball. The Phillies are certainly on a heater here coming back home where, as you pointed out, over the next two weeks or so, the Phillies' schedule does get advantageous. But you're going up against a pretty good pitcher tonight in Zach Allen. XFIP is a little bit high, but he's dominated, Kevin. If we take a look at just his weighted on base averages from the lefty and righty perspective, to lefties at 226, to righties at 267. And how about those ISO power numbers, which are probably going to get some pretty good weather tonight in the city of brotherly level, 135 to lefties and a 093 to righties so we flip it over to the other side here getting good pitching this season from Kyle Gibson ex-fit manageable but he also has done very good against lefties and righties now the one thing that I always like about the Arizona Diamondbacks particularly when they go up against a right-handed pitcher is the ability to stack constant left-handed bats in the lineup whether by true lefties or switch hitters tonight is going to be no difference and to be honest this might be a first and this is tremendous. And I don't know, to be honest with you, if this has actually ever happened in Major League Baseball. Maybe Arizona has done it. We're expecting all nine batters to be lefties tonight against Gibson. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, how many people in, like, the United States or in the world are even left-handed as it is? But I'm looking at every single batter. That's fascinating to me because... If you look at those splits, Gibson, the right-handed pitcher, going against all lefties, they got some pretty good numbers here. Look at the first few guys in the lineup here, particularly the first five. ISO power numbers here, 227, 212, 183, 247, and 177. Also some nice weighted on base percentages here. I'm not saying the right play here is just to fade the Philadelphia Phillies who are playing good baseball, but I got to tell you, nine lefties in the lineup, that certainly piques my attention here. I don't have the team total up for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But if we're I'm those sure. Phillies backers that we take a look at and say to ourselves, all right, sooner or later, that bullpen's going to run into a little bit of trouble. Maybe if you can get a three and a half or a four in this game, Arizona might be worthwhile just as one of those leap of faith type situations. I, I always like that when you get a number that's telling, right? So the Phillies team totals four minus 128. Oh, maybe yeah. that three and a, it's a four on Arizona. Now, minus 104. Yeah. But they're basically saying, yeah, we know what you're thinking here. They're, they're kind uh -huh. of prepared there. You know what I mean? Now, maybe it does fall to a three and a half. You never know how the day kind of continues. I will say Kyle Gibson kind of meets the mold here a little bit on some of the projections, four and a half. The minus 122 juice mm -hmm. is not too bad. Second most strikeouts per game uh, as a team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kyle Gibson very well could meet the mark there for a strikeout prop listed at yep. four and a half. Continuing to move through these games here, Orioles, Royals, Two titans of Major League Baseball. Uh, it's going to be Heasley against Zimmerman. Straight pick, minus 108 each way. Uh, wait a minute now. Hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute now. Hold on. Uh -huh. You mean to tell me the Baltimore Orioles are going to flirt with being a mm -hmm. road favorite? Yeah. What do the numbers yeah. tell you here in Kansas City? Yeah, the numbers telling us some pretty good stuff because yesterday, what did I say to myself? Two bad pitchers, two bad baseball teams, Matching up mm -hmm. here with some good weather. Let me get the over, and it worked out well. And I got to tell you, we got to be doing the same thing today. We're looking at Heasley on the season. Let me just take a look at even if I have his XFIP minus numbers. Oh, yeah. You ready for this one? All right. This is where it gets fun because when you sometimes you take a look at those leap of face, we have at least 20 minutes, excuse me, 20 innings pitched here for this Major League Baseball player on the season. Heasley. 
when I tell you an XFIP minus, right, and I just told you to start the show, half of these pitchers are below 100, which is very good. And we talk about Ashby at a 71. That's electric. He should do well tonight against a poor lineup for the Nationals. Now, as I said, Kansas City, not the greatest hitting lineup. Either is Kansas City. But if we look at this pitcher, his XFIP minus, Kevin, a 159. So almost 60% worse than the Major League Baseball average coming into it. Now, when you try to take a look at numbers like the Sierra, which is skill interactive ERA, it puts the defense out there with you as well. If you are approaching like four and a half or or higher, it's a disaster. Whenever you get a five, you say to yourself, I got to go against this pitcher. Heasley on the mound tonight, a 6.30. So this is one of those where you just say to yourself, I don't care who's in the lineup for the Orioles. It's worth a play. Decent weather. I think this game goes over the total anyway, but just getting these updated numbers on Heasley himself, he might be able to give up that total all by himself. Um, here's it. First of all, I don't know if I've ever seen DRS laugh at a pitcher on the mound. Yeah. That That right away is just a staggering moment. But you and I talked about when slash if it felt like the Baltimore Orioles would ever be favored in a baseball game, mm-hmm. even if it's slight, road yeah. status for the Baltimore Orioles, man, if that's not telling, I don't know mm. what is. We keep moving here. Marlins, Astros tonight. Man, you know, the Houston Astros have to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Even You know, the Angels, we thought they'd be hot on their tail. Things went wrong. They paid Jordan Alvarez. He's been phenomenal ever since he got his money. Yankee fans who think paying Aaron Judge would somehow ruin him, clowns. The the Astros, obviously, uh, considerable favorites whenever you would expect them to play Miami. But Pablo Lopez has been good this year. So it keeps the number slightly in range at around minus 160. And the total is eight in Houston. Is this maybe another under when we're looking at an Astros game? Yeah, it does play out to an under. Typically, the Astros this season in 2022, quite frankly, have played to many unders so far. I believe used that statistic early in the week, the best team in baseball to the under. But I got to tell you here, you don't have the best pitcher on the mound tonight between these two guys. If you take a look at Lopez on the season, now we just laughed at, you know, John Heasley's 159 XFIT minus, which is astounding. That's one of the worst I've seen this year by far. Pablo Lopez comes in at 79, ERA 2.18. How about his Sierra? 3.31 with an XFIP of 3.10. So the reason I'm bringing this up, he is better than what you're going to get on the opposite side of Luis Garcia. But, you know, as you go on through the game, wouldn't this be one that you say, okay, I have the better pitcher. Let me just isolate early in this game and just take maybe a Marlins first five innings or even a Marlins first five. I don't have the numbers in front of me, like a reverse run line where you get a half of a run and say, hey, just tie the game up after five innings. I can have this. And then who cares what happens once the bullpens comes coming out? But I do think you have an under in play tonight because, again, Houston Astros typically play to unders, and quite frankly, the Miami Marlins probably do as well. And that large cavernous, you know, ballpark they play, and even though they're on the road, I like Pablo Lopez tonight. I think he gets the job done. Maybe a first five look here out of the Miami Marlins. Plus one twelve straight money line on Miami. If you wanted to Not take bad. a half run with the Marlins, you can get it at minus one twenty two. To where if it's tied after uh-huh. five, you would be able to cross that finish line as well. So a couple of interesting spots there for the Miami Marlins again. Pablo Lopez. One of those guys who's had some really nice early season success, a 2.18 ERA, a 4-2 and two record with those Miami Marlins who, uh, again, still have some impressive arms on that staff. 
as we continue to shift through the board here. Uh, I want to make sure we bring up the Mets and the Angels because yesterday we talked about Steven Strasburg. I took a little bit of a leap of faith on his strikeout prop. The numbers matched up. I felt that the workload would be decent enough based on what they were having him go through kind of as the build-up to his return. Tyler McGill kind of fits a similar description tonight in that he is coming back from an injury. Now, we don't have the numbers yet on this game because I don't think we have a listed uh, Angels pitcher tonight. But do you have some early expectations here when we're talking Angels-Mets? Yeah, and also I like to bring up the point here too because the reason why I wanted to talk about it, not so much from a capping standpoint and what the lines would be, but what you're going to get out of a pitcher coming back. And also, I love what happened yesterday because it's sort of my team total angle. Usually you're so destined to say, okay, let me pick the winner in this game or the total in this game from a side perspective. That's not all you deal with. So if you came into the game yesterday and said, oh, Strasburg really let me down. That was terrible. I can't believe I went with him. Well, if you flip it over and say, I actually won my bet. Well, how did you win a bet on how bad Strasburg was? Because it was a strikeout prop. Same thing with the team total. You could get your team beat built, excuse me, beat 14 to four. But if you had a three and a half team total on a losing team, that was the best handicap you had of the night, even though that team lost by 10 runs. So just opening up your eyes to different markets and different strategies where you can actually win a bet on a pitcher who is theoretically terrible in that game. So it brings it back to this point saying if you expected Strasburg to come back and be the old Strasburg, he certainly was that but maybe had some effective stuff enough to get some swing and misses, but how long is he going to last? Same thing with Tyler McGill. Had a great start to the season this year. Now he's going to get a start on the road coming back. What are the expectations? Are you just say he's going to snap back and be the same form that he was back in April and early parts of May? Or is this going to be a wait-and-see approach, 50-pitch limit here, bullpen game for the Mets? Those are some of the things they like to watch out for, but also you'll get some of this information leaked out during the day typically. Pitch count tonight, not going to go any more than 65 mm -hmm. pitches. Or if you're watching in-game and you're saying to yourself, okay, the Mets booth here is telling us, oh, before the game we talked to the Mets manager, he said he's not going to go past the fourth inning tonight. That's some bettable information that you can use. But more than just lining this game up as a plus-money favorite or a, or a money-line dog in this game, just looking at Tyler McGill and what you think he's going to come back to be tonight and getting some of that information and some of those things where they actually will tell you he's not going past 60 pitches tonight, you can use that in a betting strategy. So this is kind of, a, it's a great point. So Strasburg threw, I think it was like 80 pitches or so in that last start before coming. McGill threw 53 pitches. So to Donnie's point, be very caught. Like if you're talking about a strikeout prop or if you're like, oh, I love the Mets tonight mm -hmm. because of McGill, that is like probably, you want to talk about like over under innings. Like you're probably talking about four maybe for McGill. I'll add one more thing. You might say to yourselves, Hold on a minute. You guys are talking really kindly about a guy whose ERA was about four and a half. He entered that last start before being injured with a 2-4-3 ERA and left with a 4.41. One, one and a third's innings, eight earned run against the Nationals. Just a full nightmare, and then he gets injured. So McGill was really, really good for the most part when he was around. We'll see how he picks back up tonight and how much actually uh, he's allowed to go out there. Pause the baseball board. Up next, it is game number four in the NBA Finals here in Europe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. as a four-point favorite, minus 168 on that money line. Let's get straight down to business here, Donnie. I expect the Boston Celtics to win. As per usual, when you expect a team to win, don't be scared of an alt line. They uh, were able to cover in game number three, and they won by 16 points ultimately there. We've talked about you know that double-digit status. And by the way, I, think, I don't think you would disagree here. That was a close basketball game. Ultimately, that was played between Boston and Golden State. But the games just start to get away from from the opponent, really, as it carries on. I think the Boston Celtics are live to shoot it really, really well from deep as a team. And I think the Golden State Warriors' offense is live, specifically Steph Curry, to have a down night. We'll talk props specifically, but I think it's a huge night for Jason Tatum, who has still not found the rhythm from two and is due for a 35-plus point performance, truthfully. I think this is Boston. I expect them to go up 3-1 here after game four is in the books. Yeah, I think Boston wins again tonight, and it might be the square play to look at it here, but just based on what we've seen out of this series and based on where this game is being played, which is obviously in Boston tonight, this is a huge game for the Boston Celtics so they can really stamp this series and say, this is ours to win, and now we have a couple games to play with. We only have to pick up one victory over the next three. But if we're looking from a betting standpoint, if you're trying to line this game up, Kevin, and you say, okay, first half, excuse me, first quarter, second quarter, first half per se, probably going to be Boston, feeding off the crowd. But the one thing that we do know for some reason, you know, the halftime adjustments, I guess, by Steve Kerr and the coaching staff have been sensational because they're really a third quarter team. But if we're looking into the fourth quarter, does this have any one of those? And again, this is trying, you're trying to line it up on some of these outside angles, right? As opposed to saying, okay, this team shoots good three-point shots, they're good at home, whatever. Take that out of the equation. Could this be one of those games where Steph Curry, where you know he's a little bit banged up, and you're down 14 points with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and Steve Curry goes, all right, might not be our night tonight. Hey, Steph, I can't risk you hobbling around anymore. Let's take you out of this game, get you a few extra days rest, and we need you healthy for games five, six, and seven if we want to win this series. So basically calling off the dogs in the fourth quarter just from Steph Curry's perspective. Now, I know it might sound like we're reaching a little bit, but I'm just trying to get that extra edge in this game of what I think might happen and try to play out those scenarios. You know, the the interesting spot is just kind of, you mentioned that square play here, right? Which now, never know how accurate these things can be. Things change throughout the day. But right now, Donnie, it says 51% of the money uh, is on, for the spread, is on Boston. And 56% of the bets is on Golden State, right? So, Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if Boston kind of would be the public side. Don't you think a lot of people want to trust the Warriors to not go down 3-1? Don't you think? Because, Donnie, the Warriors, again, were favored to win this series. 
So if you liked mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors pre-series, you probably think, ah, they're fine. They'll, they'll take this next game here. So I, I think this is a spot where people w- will reasonably disagree. I don't know if this is going to be an yeah. ante up. I just think you and I are seeing it similar, similarly here for the Boston Celtics. And to me, it's a lot of it is also just going to be somewhat star-driven. I have every reason to believe that Jason Tatum is going to have a really, really big performance tonight. Take a look at some of his games, right? He scored 39 in game three against the Brooklyn Nets. How about a 46-point performance in game six against the Milwaukee Bucks? You talk about a 31-point performance in game number four at home against Miami. Lonnie, he has been able to cross that 30-point threshold, you know, typically multiple times, actually. When, when in in so far all of these series, he has not been able to get to 30 plus yet in this series. That is my expectation for Tatum tonight. Plus 158 for 30 plus. That is what I'm seeing here. What's that player performance double for him tonight on 30 plus and a Celtics win? Like that's a number as well that I would be really interested on tonight for Jason Tatum. He is kind of a primary uh, factor for me in what I think is going to line up here for a Celtics victory. Yeah, we talk about correlation plays, and I guess it's all Steph Curry might not be 100% coupled with the fact that I already think that the Boston Celtics are going to win this game tonight. But I got one better for you, Kevin. If we're taking a look, and again, I I could be wrong. Like, Steph could go and score 40 points. I I was never really all that injured. My ankle responded well to treatment, and, you know, I didn't feel it at all tonight, and I went nuts. It could happen because he's a great performer, and we'll see what if it does. I'm just betting against it. But also, have a top point score, Kevin, in just the game tonight. If we're fading Steph Curry, he's actually the favorite at plus 130. You talk about about Tatum get into the mid-30s. He's probably going to lead the game. How about this one? A plus 190 price on Jason Tatum to be the top scorer in the basketball game tonight. Jalen Brown at 340, Clay Thompson 11 to 1. So for fading Steph Curry, who is still the favorite here, and if you think that you might even get Jason Tatum at 30 points tonight as being the high score and take down a plus 190 price. So I like where you're going here with Jason Tatum as one of those games where we expect it. He's set up to dominate, mm-hmm. and let's see if he does, but also at the same time, fading Steph Curry as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I don't know if they do matchup bets here for those guys, but if they did, I, I'd be even uh, – I think they – let me see if they have – yeah, they do. Uh, Tatum's plus 118 head-to-head against Steph Curry. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. I, I like certainly it. would not lay yeah. minus 150 on Steph Curry in that in that uh, perspective there. Before we expand on props, let's talk total. Because I, I know that that's going to be another spot people will look to bet here. 214. I didn't have a world of conviction in game three. I thought over. It, it was tough. I feel a little bit more confident tonight under in this basketball game. Mainly, I think the Warriors offensively are not in for a good performance here going up against the the Boston Celtics. 105.5 for Golden State DRS. I'm expecting that under. And again, if they are over that, Boston could be in some trouble. Yes, and and I completely agree. And it just goes back to the notion where – Steph Curry has been healthy this whole series, outside of obviously, you know, some late late game shenanigans in game three, where, okay, he's scoring 30 a game. That's just to get these numbers where they are. So let's just say Steph Curry is even a little bit hobbled here. You're not really necessarily saying to yourself, okay, well, Steph scores 25 points. There's no way they can get to 105. But when Steph Curry is going and Steph Curry is launching three-point shots and making five-plus in a game, 
it gives everybody else on Golden State a boost because they're usually going to be wide open as you worry about running double teams and focusing on Steph Curry. If it's clear from the jump that Steph, even though he might be healthy, but only, let's just say, 80% and use that, that means it's going to be harder for the rest of the team to get their shots off because you don't have to focus as much on Steph Curry. So I like the way you're going with this one. And to me as well, the 214, because if there's any thought process behind that you might have a blowout, that typically lends itself to an under scenario. And if I'm going to look at the 214 price, I'm more likely to go under in this game than over. And again, just getting back to what I'm getting out of Steph Curry, I'm going to read all the tea leaves, Kevin, this afternoon from shoot around to what he feels, how he's doing, and mm -hmm. also pregame because you know that camera is going to find him multiple times an hour before that game starts to see what he was doing oh, yeah. and how he's feeling. No, no, no doubt about it. Now, as we go back to the props market, you've talked about the Steph unders uh, a lot yesterday. We've talked about them today, whether it's the points, whether it's the made threes. I'll add another one. How do you not go under Clay Thompson, 19 and a half? I am very surprised that they decided to up this from 18 and a half. Maybe people are betting it. Look, he was really good against Denver, actually, okay? Uh, in that series, he went 19, 21, 26, 32. He averaged 26 and a, and a half, actually, for the series. Well, that was the last time he's actually been able to score 20-plus in consecutive games. I don't want to say it's easy because you never know how it's going to play out, but the decision for me with everything we're talking about here is a straightforward one. I'm expecting Clay Donnie to not be able to hit 20-plus points in this basketball game. It's interesting because, you know, if we're saying, well, Steph Curry might not be at 100%, somebody has to step up. So usually the first thought process in your mind is not necessarily Andrew Wiggins. It's probably Clay Thompson. Shot 17 times in the last game with 5 of 13 from mm -hmm. three-point range. Did get 25 points here. So the reason why I guess they're raising that up is maybe the anticipation where Steph won't be fully 100%. And maybe Clay's going to mm -hmm. say, okay, guys, I got to get you tonight. Instead of shooting 16, 17 times, maybe I shoot 25 times tonight because he's healthy and maybe Steph Curry won't be healthy down the stretch or maybe Steph even gets a little bit more breaks in between of his normal time. Like, okay, Steph uses it for four minutes here. Let's hit you for five or six to see if we can steal some time out on the court where you don't have to do any more damage to your leg or your ankle. But I can see where Clay Thompson is a little bit higher than what he should be because the thinking would be is if Steph isn't fully go, Clay Thompson's going to overcompensate for that. The, the other side of that, though, is this is why I feel so good about Boston tonight. I think they're both under the marker there. I, I, I really do. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Draymond Green props. W whether you like him or not, this is obviously going to be one of the main focus points of this. I, I mean, his points prop, seven and a half. The rebound prop, six and a half. The assist props, five and a half. If you want to go points, rebounds, and assists, that number for tonight's game is 20 and a half. If you... I actually think I would go over points tonight. The the, wor the worry would be he gets thrown out of this basketball game, which, by the way, is still on the cards here. But wow. I think he should be able, Donnie, to get to eight. He has not kind of gone consecutive, awful scoring performances since kind of middle Memphis series. He should be able to get you eight points tonight. I agree. I completely agree with you 100%. And that's why before even looking yeah. at the points, I said five and a half. It's actually seven and a half here for Draymond Green. Can you imagine this? Draymond needs to have an unbelievable game, Kevin, 
to get over seven and a half points. Is that where we're at with Draymond Green? Like, this should be one of those games where Draymond has six points in the first quarter. Like, hey, that's about expected here for us. But the simple fact that we're worried about either Draymond Green for the rest of the series, like, he might get thrown out of this game where it's probably like, okay, then he's probably going to be ejected for, you know, suspension for game five. The energy should be there. I'm so glad, Kevin. I almost talked myself into Draymond Green props in game three. He's going to be so amped. The energy is going to be there. He's going to want to perform in Boston in front of those fans and pull a triple-double and tell you, I was always one of the best players in the series. How dare you guys taunt me or doubt me at this point? But you're a better man than I am. I look at the 7.5. It might as well be 17.5 because Draymond Green getting to eight points, I don't know if he can mm -hmm. get there. I don't. They, look, there was actually a tweet. Someone had a, a, a same-game parlay from FanDuel that was going a little bit viral, Donnie. Uh, it was a, like, seven-leggers, all right? So this was from game three. Warriors third quarter, Boston second quarter, Clay over 14.5, Poole over 2.5 mm -hmm. boards, Horford over 6.5 boards, Celtics to win by 11-plus. This was 96-1. to one. There was just one leg that let it down. Draymond over 4.5 points. Oh, I my mean, Don, gosh, could you man. imagine the scene? You Jeez. imagine the scene. And he fouls out, too. Screaming so you can't even, like, the watch TV. the end of the game scream. <laughs> oh, it's an ugly scene. Shoot! Are there any other guys? Exactly. Are there any other guys on Boston quickly that you're looking at? Look, again, to me, it's a Tatum night. I'd be a little worried on Jalen Brown because of he's not typically been a back-to-back -back guy. Anybody outside of Tatum you're looking at from Boston? Yeah, for, for actually a Boston perspective, you know, my guy Derek White let us all down a little bit in the last game. Didn't make any three-point shots, didn't get his points prop. They lowered it a little bit yeah. from 11.5 to 10.5. I'm looking at him, but also, if I do think Steph Curry might not have his offensive game in order, Kevin, maybe he's more willing to be an assist guy tonight. He's listed at 4.5 here. It's juicy at minus 150, but if Steph Curry plays the full okay. game and it's still a little bit banged up, maybe he gets those five assists tonight and cashes that ticket in. Should be a really, really fun one to follow. No boosts yet, but I'm sure there will be some good action oh, as well yes. for game number four. Celtics-Warriors, when we are back Monday, somebody uh, will have won this game. It'll either be 3-1 or even at two apiece. Look forward to it. Before you go anywhere, you listen up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, last segment of the week here for the early line. Sirius XM Channel 159 right here on the grid. Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Walsh bringing that heat all week long. 
and setting the table here for an unbelievable weekend of sports. Now, tonight we do have some NBA Finals action, which we covered all the way through, and you guys are going to want to stay tuned to the morning after and Ben Stevens as they have you covered as we set up the rest of the day on the grid. But I got something I want to talk about today, and it has to do with golf and a first look. So listen up. Dueling golf competitions this weekend, one on the PGA Tour and one on the Live Golf Invitational. Now, I was excited to get a look at the golf tournament without actually watching it, if you get the sense. I just wanted to see how it would play out. So I went on YouTube, 100,000 plus, watching it live just to get a feel. And you know what? It looked like golf out here. Now, if I can make a suggestion to the Live Golf Invitational on how they're broadcasting these tournaments, if you do have the sound off, just put a regular leaderboard up there. I like the fact that they keep rolling it through since it's a shotgun start and everybody's getting swings simultaneously. I think that's wonderful. And the event, quite frankly, goes quickly, which is what you want to watch. Hey, if I want to sit down and watch nine hours of golf, okay. If I want to watch four hours of golf, that's what you're going to get out of the Live Golf Invitational. But just put the players' last names up there because, quite frankly, a number of the players who I do know they're shortened down with just like the last three letters of their name. It's just, it's too confusing there. But I just wanted to see how it would actually look, and it did look like golf here. Now, pertaining to the future here and how this is going to work out for this Live Golf Tournament, next week, as you see, it goes back to the United States, and that's going to be on the West Coast. More PGA Tour golfers are going to come into the fold, so maybe a little bit of a heightened awareness here. But at the same time, we've seen it so many times in these renegade leagues that try to come in. You get those good early bumps here, and who wants to watch and take a look? And then it's followed by up lags in week two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And then eventually nobody cares about the league overall. I don't think that's going to be the case in the Live Golf Invitational, but we'll keep an eye this weekend. Will the eyes actually be on YouTube or will they be on the Canadian Open? We'll find out shortly here. But you know where the eyes should be next? You guessed it. Ben Stevens in the morning after and the rest of our programming here on the Sports Grid Network throughout the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 